Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a good weekend, and thanks for joining us today, letting us be part of your day as we kick off a new week. Should be another very busy week as we're in the home stretch for the uh, the campaign and uh, some important decisions to be made on Election Day. We'll be talking about those. We'll talk weather. Finally, some moisture in parts of the Midwest that really needed it. Maybe not a lot, but a, every little bit helps, especially as dry as it's been. Several field fires have been going on uh, in the Midwest, so uh, some precipitation certainly helps. We'll talk with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson on the program today, looking at weather for the rest of our harvest season and also the planting season in South America. We're going to talk with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council today about the pork industry's call for and need for more assistance, and we wait to see what happens in Congress. That'll be one of the big stories we'll watch this week. And we'll get another harvest update, this one from Kansas. Ken McCauley will join us with a harvest update. So all that coming up on today's program, but we're happy to start today off and the week off with Sarah Wyatt, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, good to talk with you again. And as I mentioned, the home stretch of this campaign, this election cycle, some big decisions coming and agriculture playing a prominent role in this and will be greatly impacted by the outcome. Absolutely, Mike. Great to be with you. And I am in total agreement about your assessment about how this is such a consequential election on so many fronts. You know, farmers have been hit hard by not only the COVID-19 pandemic, but also tariffs in the recent years and looking at a lot of different things going on on the regulatory front. So there are so many things that uh, factors at play in this election, and it's more important than ever before for rural voters, farmers, ranchers, growers all across the country to show up and let their voices be heard. And not just the presidential election, uh, but the the Senate races are key as well. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, the Republicans have a rather slim majority right now, and several Senate races are at risk, including... You know, if you look at some that you might not have expected earlier in the year, but you've got in Iowa, Senator Joni Ernst against Teresa Greenfield, and uh, there's millions of dollars pouring into these races. You know, as we reported in our AgriPulse Daybreak this morning, you've got uh, Teresa Greenfield outraising Joni Ernst 4 to 1, 28.7 million to Ernst 7.2 million. And and there's so many things that are going on in this race that are really, really interesting, Mike. For example, over the weekend, I was looking at our Twitter feed, and I saw that uh, there was this email saying, uh, somebody was forwarding an email from Iowa Farm Bureau Daily News. And it, it was weird because it had a you know unconventional email address behind it. So I sent a note to Craig Hill and said, this sounds weird. It says that you guys have pulled your endorsement of your pack from Joni Ernst after her debate with Greenfield. And he said, oh, that sounds kind of fishy. And within the hour, Iowa Farm Bureau was pushing out a clarification saying that was totally a fake email. But before it was clarified, 
you had Democrats all over the country, David Axelrod, you know, Schumer's comms person. People were spreading this information that people were no longer supporting uh, Ernst at the Iowa Farm Bureau PAC. So it just goes to show, I think, not just on the Democratic side, on the Republican side, there are a lot of people that are trying to sway the information flow out to people that are trying to make good decisions. So it just behooves all of us to be extra careful to go to trusted sources of information uh, to get the best and the, the, the most recent clarification. Yep, the stakes are high, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk about what may or may not get done this week in Congress. We have these votes on stimulus packages, but will either of them actually go anywhere? Is there enough agreement or backing to, to get something across the finish line? There Still talking, which is good. As you may have seen, Speaker Nancy Pelosi was on a Sunday show basically negotiating, throwing out the the White House has to come to an agreement by Tuesday night if there's going to be one. Uh, Of course, uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, who she's been negotiating with, just happens to be in the Middle East. But uh, they did talk again yesterday. They're supposed to talk, or their staff talked yesterday. They're supposed to actually talk today on the phone. And so if there is a deal, she's saying it has to be done by Tuesday evening. Now, they are getting closer, Mike. The White House has agreed to $1.88 trillion. Uh, the Democrats passed a $2.2 trillion bill. But the problem becomes is that a lot of the Senate Republicans are saying, listen, we've still got money left on the last one. So they are reluctant to spend over a trillion, and I'm not sure how this is all going to play out. Uh, we will see Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell this week offer a $500 billion relief package, as well as we believe there will be a $670 billion for the Payroll Protection Program, which expired in August, but still has $130 billion left. So we're going to be watching this carefully all week. Uh, there's so many numbers flying around here. These are huge numbers uh, bantied about. Not that there's not a need out there, but uh, it, you almost lose track. And you, we start throwing around billions and trillions of dollars here in these discussions. And it's uh, these are staggering amounts of money, uh, all trying to get the, can we get the economy back up and going? And, of course, there's the political component to this as well. Well, absolutely, and so much of the disagreement does not seem to be about the money as much as it is about some of the other provisions. As you know, the Democrats really want to have more money to bail out state and local governments, and the Republicans really want money for liability protection for the businesses that have been hardest hit by the pandemic. There's also a lot of language in there on a national plan for testing and how that can be enforced. And so, as in most things, like the devil's in the details. All right, we are getting some details now. USDA um, will be sending out uh, CRP money uh, soon, so uh, we've been kind of waiting on those numbers. Yeah, absolutely, and that was a good announcement on Friday that uh, they can go ahead and, and move forward with uh, $1.68 billion. Again, it's almost difficult to keep your billions and trillions apart mm-hmm. um, <laughs> these days, but yeah. that's a lot of money going out for CRP. Yeah, and meanwhile, CFAP 2 continues. So while they're debating another aid package in Congress, there is some ag money going out. Yeah, that's one thing that they've been very good about making sure. You know, there was a deal cut to replenish DCC, and so producers will be still receiving assistance. Uh, But I think that uh, some of them also benefited from the PPP program, 
and there are other provisions here that uh, can help uh, farmers, ranchers, and, and agribusinesses who may be impacted. So there's still, I think, an overall uh, idea that there should be a stimulus package in addition to what's been going out. All right, a lot going on, Sarah. You and your staff, your team do a great job of uh, keeping track of all of it at AgriPulse. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure. Sarah Wyan, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Yeah, a lot going on and so much information. Some of it gets out that's accurate. Some of it is not accurate. You really do have to check those sources and uh, kind of do some digging to see uh, what's really behind some of these stories that break out there. Well, weather is big in the news as harvest rolls on. We'll talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Dan Hallstrom, President and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Let's talk about the strong beef exports to Taiwan and South Korea. Demand continues to be pretty resilient in 2020, uh, despite all the disruptions of COVID-19. On the beef side, beef muscle cuts saw amazing growth in the month of August. It's our largest month in over a year at 89,000 metric tons, which is about 4% growth. And this was led by record monthly data out of Taiwan, Korea, and China. Taiwan and Korea were up a little over 20% each, and, and China was almost fourfold increase over a year ago. While the food service begins to come back, we still have extremely strong retail demand and extremely strong online presence for the U.S. beef products. So beef side, we're excited about a few of these things coming together. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. 
For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, finally some precipitation over parts of the Midwest that have really needed some. Not big amounts, but I know here in Illinois where we've been battling field fires and very dry conditions, uh, any precipitation, uh, any moisture at all helps, and we got some. Some other areas actually got a little bit of snow, right? Oh, definitely, Mike. Uh, the northern tier of states uh, is uh, getting a real taste of winter today. From Montana east into the Dakotas, even parts of northern Nebraska are getting some snowfall. Uh, during this week, we could see snowfall amounts of anywhere from 6 to even 10 inches in that northern tier. I think it's going to be uh, north of, of uh, the uh, central part of South Dakota, certainly north of I-90, uh, but uh, taking in northern South Dakota, all of North Dakota, and then through the northern two-thirds of Minnesota, east into Wisconsin. Uh, so that's where uh, the snowfall is going to be. Uh, we're going to see more rain across much of the Midwest this week as well, uh, from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, east all the way across uh, much of Illinois and then into Indiana, northern Ohio. Uh, rainfall amounts this week could uh, run anywhere from a half to two inches. Uh, so it is definitely on the wetter side, offering uh, moisture benefit, probably slowing down harvest. Uh, we've got harvest uh, running this week, uh, probably in the 60% bracket on corn for completion. Soybean harvest, uh, a little over 80% finished. So that's been a good start. But I think these uh, next uh, several days are going to probably slow that pace down a little bit. Well, as I said, the moisture is needed. I mean, we've had these dry conditions and a lot of wind across the Midwest the last few days. It's been a real energetic season. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And and one feature with the wind, uh, the way it uh, has been, is that uh, it certainly dries things out, both in terms of crop conditions and then uh, offering those uh, those opportunities for these you know, just kind of stray sparks to uh, develop uh, a fire very quickly. But along with that, it's really dried the ground out, and that's been a problem uh, for trying to do any field work after harvest is over with. You know, the ground has just been so hard that it's been, uh, you know, almost uh, almost uh, impossible to uh, really get the knives uh, from tillage equipment into uh, the soil profile. So this is going to help from that standpoint as well, to kind of moisten up that soil moisture profile a little bit. Yeah, as I said, here in Illinois, we'd seen several field fires, and it had almost become a, a precautionary uh, move to just have a, a disc hooked up and ready just in case by the field you're harvesting because you just didn't know if you would need one, and it, certainly uh, local fire departments have been kept busy uh, the last uh, f- few days uh, as well. All right, let's uh, look at some, uh, as we move forward this week and into next week, uh, how, or let's look through the rest of October. How do you see the, the forecast for harvest? Well, definitely on the cooler side all the way through the end of the month. Uh, this uh, big upper air trough that has moved in and 
is uh, setting temperatures back from the above normal bracket that we had over the last several weeks into a colder pattern uh, that included uh, freezing conditions during the end of last week and weekend. It's going to stay with us now all the way through the next uh, 10 days to two weeks. In addition, uh, we're going to see this uh, precipitation event during this week as that colder air settles in, starts to develop uh, areas of rainfall that, like I say, could be locally heavy. And then during uh, the uh, next uh, 10 to 14 day period, temperatures are going to stay chilly. Precipitation is going to um, recede quite a bit. It's going to decline and uh, tail off. But there's going to be enough moisture that we get now this week that uh, you combine that with the cooler pattern, it's going to be difficult to just kind of uh, turn things back to a real drier note. So I think that there's going to be some delays in harvest uh, through the end of the month now over quite a few areas. So how does this fit in with the La Nina pattern? Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty well in line with that. Um, you know, we have this transition into the heart of the fall season that we see with the uh, snowfall in the north and rain in the south uh, and uh, the east. Uh, looking ahead to the wintertime, uh, the prospect is still quite high for a lot of areas of the Midwest, northern plains, to be below normal on, uh, pre- on uh, temperatures. And then uh, precipitation, um, quite likely to be above normal over the northern tier of states and uh, in the Midwest, variable, I think, uh, with a definitely above normal signal in uh, the Ohio Valley uh, from uh, Interstate 70 south, especially, and then on east. And over the southern plains, uh, pretty much variable on temperatures, but still below average. I mean, that part of the country is bone dry and uh, not too far west of the southern plains. There's been this record fire situation going on in Colorado. Um, Conditions are not likely to change very much in that part of the country. Well, we know it's been quite a year. We see now that they're estimating the uh, the damage from that derecho storm uh, this summer and uh, at seven and a half billion dollars. Uh, yeah, I had a comment today when I uh, shared that information with some friends of mine in the weather community that. Well, the Midwest is uh, trying to give Texas a run for going big on uh, damages uh, because it is just uh, an outrageous amount and and uh, incredible uh, with the combination of crop damage and facility damage, home damage, and uh, damage to trees. Uh, that's been um, a problem that uh, or an event uh, that I think we're going to have lingering all the way, obviously, through the rest of this harvest season. But then all the way through, Uh, there's not going to be a recovery from that that's going to be complete uh, by next year. Kind of similar to this uh, bomb cyclone rebuilding and recovery that we've seen out here in eastern Nebraska uh, during uh, this year. After that event happened in 2019, there are still some uh, recovery and rebuilding efforts that are going on even here in the fall of 2020. There's been a lot done, but, you know, they're still going on. So that uh, their ratio impact is not going to just completely be repaired uh, over uh, the next few months by any means. All right. How does weather look in South America? 
Uh, better for uh, central Brazil this week. Uh, uh, I was looking at satellite imagery in Mato Grosso this morning, and for the first time this fall, or the first time this season, uh, there are widespread thunderstorms indicated in Mato Grosso. So the rainy season looks like it's getting underway. But that's a good three and a half weeks later than the long-term average. Uh, long-term average is in late September, so here we are in mid-October. Uh, the next week is going to uh, bring rainfall of an inch and a half to three inches in central Brazil. So that, I think, is going to be uh, the onset of uh, very favorable soybean planting conditions. They are starting out uh, behind, only about 8% planted in Mato Grosso right now, and the average is 33%. So they are a little bit behind the eight ball, no doubt about it. Yeah, and we've been keeping an eye on that, but it sounds like that rain will help them. I mean, you, you think, well, rain at planting time, but yeah, they needed some moisture. Oh, well, they do. I mean, uh, you know, the, the uh, pattern for... Um, seasons in that part of the world is uh, not anything like the four seasons that we are acquainted with here. Uh, they have a wet season and a dry season, and in the dry season, it is just about completely bone dry and very, very hot. The wet season has uh, more frequent periods of rainfall, and uh, the uh, at the same time, it still is warm enough that uh, there's a lot of uh, evaporation that goes on after the rain, so this is all more favorable. Ahead of this rain forecast, uh, the uh, planters have been rolling in south-central and central Brazil so that, you know, those seeds can be in the ground and then, uh, you know, get going uh, when that rainfall hits. So there's been a lot of anticipation uh, on the part of the Brazil soybean growers. Yeah, we keep an eye on that because it certainly has an impact on the markets. All right, Bryce, good to talk with you again. Thanks a lot. Great to talk with you, too, Mike. Thanks. Take care. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. They are watching closely, of course, the talks in Washington this week on a possible another COVID aid package. The pork industry is making a strong case of the damage done to the pork industry by COVID-19 and the need for more assistance. Of course, it remains to be seen. Will Congress pass anything? And if they do... Will there be anything in it for agriculture? If there is, what do pork producers hope to see for their segment of agriculture? We'll talk with Nick Giordano about that coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Seed corn companies love to talk about characteristics, maturity, emergence, vigor. Those things are important, but at FS Envision, we've developed corn with some extra characteristics, like attitude, 
like a fighter's will to win, like the spirit to persevere, because in the end, those are the traits that get it done. Get Envision in the fight for you. Talk to your local FS crop specialist today. FS Envision. Never settle. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Wheat futures fading off of new highs touched in the overnight session, while corn and soybeans are trending higher. Corn futures were higher in the overnight trade, driven in part by an uptick seen in Chinese corn futures, according to the Wire Talk. Brazilian farmers had planted 7.9% of the area expected to be seeded with soybeans in the 2020-21 growing season. As of mid-month, that would be the slowest start to the planting season in 10 years, according to private analysts. In soybean futures, new crop November, an hour into the day, up three cents at 10.53. January, 10.53 and a half, up three cents. Corn, December, up two and a quarter at 4.04 and a quarter. March, up two and a half at 4.09 and a half. Chicago wheat, December, down a penny and three quarters, 6.23 and three quarters. Kansas City wheat, December, up a quarter of a cent, 5.59 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat, December, up two at 5.61 and three quarters. March, Minneapolis at 5.73 and three quarters, up two and a quarter. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures and in feeder cattle futures, we've got some minus signs. Last week, we saw most cash cattle sales activity at a dollar lower compared to the prior week. Live cattle, December, down 95, 107.67. Feeder cattle, November, down $1.57 at 133.55. January down 95 at 128.32. Lean hog futures, December contract, $2.5 higher at 72.30. February up 75 at 71.67. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 31 points. NASDAQ down a point. S&P up four. November crude oil in New York up 15 cents. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. So as we mentioned earlier, this is a critical week on whether or not Congress passes another COVID aid package before the election. 
There are some votes scheduled this week. Let's talk about uh, what's at stake here for the pork industry. Nick Giordano is with us, Vice President and Counsel for Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Nick, thanks for joining us. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned, there looks like there'll be some votes this week, but is there anything at, that you're seeing at this point that looks like it can get all the way across the finish line as far as another aid deal is concerned? Well, it's a possibility. Um, Sec Treasury Secretary Mnuchin and um, House Speaker Pelosi continue to talk. Um, President Trump has said he wants a uh, another COVID relief package. Um, the holdup seems to be um, Republicans aren't all on the same page, and you know this has really kind of been the holding pattern we've been in since. The House passed the uh, HEROES Act on May 12th, and, you know, we had, uh, this has been a priority for MPPC because in that legislation, which, you know, was not bipartisan, and we knew that legislation was not going to pass, but there were a lot of pieces in it that were specific to um, to COVID and in particular to um, to to us in the hog sector and would provide um, funds to hog farmers who had to depopulate their livestock, put livestock down because of COVID. It also would replenish um, USDA animal health funding to the tune of $300 million because a lot of the um, APHIS labs have been used for human health related uh, COVID stuff. It also would change the Commodity Credit Corporation charter so that now and in the future, you know, pandemics and black swan events like this, um, livestock producers would qualify for indemnification. Under uh, USDA has been saying and, and uh, the Congress has been saying, you know, under current law, it's got to be an animal disease and you get indemnification. So those provisions were all put by House Agriculture Chairman Peterson in the um, the, the May 12th legislation. Um, on the the Senate side, we've when our we've been trying to get that you know over the finish line really since May. On the Senate side, we had progress. Um, we had the uh, the Iowa senators uh, Grassley and Ernst, the uh, Senator Inhofe, uh, North Carolina. Uh, Oklahoma, the um, Tillerson Burr from North Carolina initiated legislation on the Senate side that basically was the same thing, actually improved a little bit what uh, Chairman Peterson had done on the House side. And there was a lot of interest, you know, not just from those five senators, but from others. So the name of the game for us, really going back to when that happened months ago, is to get this in a in a final COVID package and get the Senate to move. And we're kind of down to the wire now. The um, speaker has said, well, we got to, if we're going to have a package before the election, it's got to, we got to know by COB Tuesday. So we're, we're down to the wire um, and not sure. Clearly the Senate is going to vote this week on, uh, on Justice Barrett whether or not there's a vote on a broad uh, a broad covid package remains unclear i think at this point senator mcconnell's intention is to 
vote on very narrow pieces of COVID-related legislation, um, having to do with the Paycheck Protection Program, um, maybe some aid to airlines. Not clear that hot farmers or more broadly ag will be included. We certainly, um, we certainly hope so. We hope that there's a big package that comes together, but at a minimum, there's a smaller package. We want to be included. Yeah, there is a possibility a bill could get passed that does not include agriculture. So that that is a possibility you're looking at. Meanwhile, uh, you're pointing out that the, the pork industry is facing a five billion with a B five billion dollar hit this year because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, that those um, that was an analysis done by Dr. Steve Meyer and Dr. Dermot Hayes. Um, and it, it's we're actually going to ask them to, to take another look at those numbers. Um, and I, it, it's, I, I don't want to speculate. There's um, the injury is really big, Mike. Uh, you know, whether, whether it was a, um, that analysis was looking forward. And, you know, right now prices are higher than anybody thought. So there's a lot of uncertainty. There's uncertainty about the number of hogs that may be backed up. You know, we know that a lot of hogs already were euthanized, but will there be war? How much? A lot of questions. So we'll know more going forward. But the bottom line is, the, you know, the, the number is billions. And when you add that to 2018 and 2019, hog farmers being at the tip of the trade retaliation spear, right, where those years were supposed to be, the analysts had forecast profits for, our, for us in 2018, 2019. They weren't profitable years. Then we came into this year, and the, and, and the analysts were saying, you know, the end of last year, well, 2020 is going to be, you know, finally the market's going to pick up. The, you know, profits of $10 or more per animal, then COVID hit. So it's a really big number. Um, I don't. I. I don't want to. Um, I can't say for sure. It's five billion, but it's huge, and we've lost large, medium, and small producers. Um, it's just. It's been a. It's been a tough year, and um, we're hopeful this legislation will get. We know that there's been depopulation that's gone on. This will get um, money to folks if we can get this bill passed and, and enacted into law. We'll get money into the hands of folks who had to depopulate animals. It'll also replenish um, APHIS's funds, which is really important as we think about APHIS's being on the front line of keeping foreign animal disease um, out of the country. So a lot riding on on this for us mm -hmm. and no matter how you look at it the losses have been big and this is this has just been a really difficult past few years for hog farmers we're talking with nick giordano with the national pork producers council you mentioned losing hog farmers and you you believe that without federal assistance you'll be losing more hog farmers uh from this pandemic yeah, there's, you know, there's no question. We know we've already lost some. We're probably going to lose more. I think the market is a bit stronger. Demand has been really good, and that's welcome and that's positive. 
But I think in terms of getting um, federal dollars into the hands of folks who have had to depopulate animals, um, it's really important. And for, for some, um, additional federal funding, yeah, could mean the difference between uh, keeping the bankers at bay and staying afloat and, um, and, uh, or having to exit the business. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, we still really don't know, I guess, for sure that b- number of hogs backed up. Uh, but Steve, Dr. Steve Myers told us he thinks this is a situation that could get worse as the year goes on instead of better, that we're headed towards a, a really big wall coming here. Well, and again, Mike, there's so, and yeah, and, you know, we've, myself and MPPC leadership have had these conversations with Dr. Meyer and, and with others. And, and the reality is nobody really knows for sure. Um, so we want to hope that um, we're, we're not going to hit the wall and that we're going to have sufficient harvest capacity but nobody really knows the answer, and we nobody knows for sure how many hogs are where are, and where they're backed up. So there's a lot of uncertainty. That the only thing that we know is that people have exited the industry. That you know, we're talking of collective industry loss in the magnitude of of billions, and. Um, you know, more federal aid is, is going to be helpful in terms of those producers right. who are just hanging on here and who might otherwise have to exit the industry. Nick, real quick, how much is CFAP helping? Because there's a, the CFAP 2, those monies are going out now. It is helping. And, you know, there are payment limitations. So not everybody is, you know, is, is benefiting. Um it's like when we had the trade retaliation payments, about 25% of the hogs were covered. I don't have the data in front of me, Mike, on the CFAP, but it's important because it is, um, it is helping a, a lot of hog farmers, but it's, you know, it's, it's to off, when you, when you look at the losses that have been incurred because of COVID, it's, you know, for, uh, 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 on the whole, is it making the industry any anywhere near where it would have been but for COVID? No, but certainly it's helpful, and we appreciate the Congress and the CARES package uh, appropriating the money. All right, we'll see what happens this week in Congress. Nick, thank you as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. Up next, a harvest update from Kansas. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, $1,000. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. 
HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301. Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On Site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry, the pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us now is the CEO of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, Dr. Barb Blinn. What are some of the priorities that you've laid out to whoever wins the election that need to be addressed in rural America? We start with expanding market access 
for food and agricultural products globally. And I think that's a top priority for NASA, but we also heard, heard from both campaigns for them as well. As we know, um, with the current administration, there's there's a, a large a number of trade agreements being worked on in, at this time. So another issue was worker protection and increasing the availability of labor. We, we need to prioritize keeping our food safe, particularly now in the wake of the COVID response and recovery. And then we support expanding rural broadband access, not only for rural businesses and communities, but the, the uh, health and education components of that are critical, as well as precision agriculture. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. For today's Harvest Report, let's go to Northeast Kansas and check in with Ken McCauley. Ken, when last we talked, you were off to a great start. Are you about done? We're just about done, Mike. We'll finish beans early today. I think the uh, sun will break out here pretty soon, but uh, we've got about 50 acres of beans left and then uh, probably 700 acres of corn left. And uh, the yields have been really, really good, and we're really wondering now, you know, this corn's getting super dry. We're wondering how the yields are going to be compared to what they were when they were in the 20s. So that'll be a good test to see if, you know, if we really did lose much yield. But uh, a lot of the yields in corn has just been super here, and we're really happy for that. But uh, the soybeans are a little bit lower than we thought, but the yields are still really holding up good. We had quite a few 70 bushel beans, and you know, some below that. But uh, the way these prices have gone, man, <laughs> this is turning out to be quite a year. Mm-hmm. So do, are you dry? Do you need some rain? Yeah, we're pretty dry. But, you know, you can't beat a dry harvest as long as you get some pretty soon. But uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. dozer show up uh, Friday, I think. And it's pretty dry on top, but he thinks he's going to get into some moisture on down so it can hold up on the... Uh, packing the tile in but uh, now it's dry on top and really worry about when we get these high wind days and what's going to happen with the fire because that'd be just devastating and so hard to uh so hard to hold stop a fire when it gets that windy yeah i mentioned earlier here in illinois where i'm at we've had several field fires have you had any there in your part of kansas we have not had any any big field fires we've had several combines burn up in the area and you know, that's always scary. been really taking good care. And the uh, the more pictures you see of that, the more care you take to get them cleaned up. Uh, we, we switched to beans, oh, 10 days ago or something and blew them all off really good, got those corn shucks out of there. But a bearing gets hot, and then all of a sudden you've got a big problem, and that's what's been going on with most of the combine fires we've had here. But, uh, well, that's a scary thing with the high wind and corn standing everywhere. I was talking to our friend uh, Gene Millard in the St. Joe, Missouri area. Um, he was telling me, you know, their beans have dried down to about 9%, really, really dry. Have you had anything that uh, like that in your uh, in your area? I ran the combine last week, uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they got down to 7. And you, wow. you never know when they get that dry if they're going to explode on you or not. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. pretty dry. And, you know, you you see on the Twitter a lot of the 
remedies that guys are trying to, to put some moisture back in. And then I'm here to tell you that we've tried a lot of that stuff over the years. <laughs> Most of them do not work. So uh, even heard of one guy west of us that put the pivot on and ran some water on top mm. of them and raised them a little bit. So, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, guys trying to do that, but uh, I don't think that's, that's helping the cause much. How about moving grain and storage? Any uh, any issues in your area? Well, AGP in St. Joe's gets all of our beans, and and it's been a line, and they closed down uh, a week ago on uh, Wednesday, opened back up on Monday, and last Friday, for some reason, the line just went away. I don't know if guys got done or went, switched to corn or whatever, but that really helped us. We got we got uh, a hopper bin empty so we could finish and trucks were loaded this morning and they went to town. I haven't seen them come back yet, but uh, AGP is doing a pretty good job managing that. Uh, it doesn't seem like the corn corn is having the same problem that uh, I don't know if guys were just all cutting beans at the same time, but uh, if, if you need to get to town with some corn, it hasn't been too big of a problem. I'm really happy about that because we've got, we need a little bit of room for corn yet. We'll have to empty, make some space, or just go straight out of the field. And stories on our corns in the 13 to 10 percent range, so it's it's really getting dry. Also, mm-hmm. how have your test weights been? I'm sorry. What'd you say? How have your test weights been? Test weights have been really good. Uh, 58 to 61 or two. Uh, I'm guessing that they'll get a little better with this drier moisture. I, I hope so, because that, that really, really helps once you get it in the bin and you come back out with it. So uh, quality across corn and soybeans have been really good, uh, no damage, and, and uh, as you get go across the scales anyway. So I'm pretty hopeful that the corn, come, corn and beans both coming out of the bins will uh, you know, be a lot of help on this. So did you have much uh, disease or insect pressures this year? I mean, uh, the focus obviously has been mainly on if you got rain or didn't get rain or when you got it, but uh, what about the, the quality of your crop? No, we didn't have any insect problem. We saw a few Japanese beetles in the corn early, and we we did some of that, but we didn't worry much about it. It seemed like they just had one hatch and kind of went away. They didn't hurt anything in the corn. We, when we sprayed fungicide on the soybeans, we put the fungicide with that, and uh, any insect out there was, you know, got taken care of that way. So we didn't didn't see a big problem. I worried about SDS in the soybeans early. There seemed like the the color was changing a little bit, but and that was probably some of the problem along with the dry weather on the lower soybean yield. I I think everybody had that had that issue. It just didn't get as bad as we thought it would. So. You know, if it, you know, we're looking at like maybe five bushel less than we planned on on soybeans, and and you know that would be the reason. So if the weather holds, you ought to be able to wrap up pretty quick, then, huh? Well, I sure hope so. It uh, we've got room for most of that corn. You take a take some of the loads to town as you're as you're going to the bin, and and that'll work. Uh, it is going to be really interesting. The corn didn't. We had that sixty mile an hour wind, but it was didn't mm-hmm. last very long. And uh, last week, on uh, supposed to be on Saturday, it didn't last very long. So, hopefully, the yield's still up there. But boy, that if if it is, it would be a real testament to uh, letting it stand and not paying all the dryer gas. But we feel like the dryer propane really paid paid dividends getting it out of the field with that big yield. 
All right, Ken, uh, have a safe rest of your harvest. Good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Ken McCauley, Farms in Northeast Kansas with a Harvest Report. That wraps it up for today. Thank you for joining us. Tune in again tomorrow right here on AOA. Stay safe, everyone. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.